Welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. I'm your host, Critical, and also today with me, uh, I have my co-host here that's going to assist me in going uh, through this episode. I have with me the most uh, clairvoyant, very outspoken, Nikki Lachey. Thank you, thank you. However, let me correct you real quick because you're not going to make me small in this episode talking about I'm going to assist you. <laughs> no, we're doing this together. Oh, shit. Oh, partners. Snap. Okay. Don't right. make me little. Oh, Don't try to hit the light at me. Shit, got down with the get down. <laughs> Nigga, my name on it. Check you. Nigga, my name on it. You want to shoot with me in the gym? <laughs> <laughs> assist you no you didn't tried to make me small <laughs> now that's what's up so uh yeah so how, how's everything been on your end everything has been awesome oh, awesome great. awesome awesome great and I'm now glad to be still out in the world healthy yeah and everything that breathing. is true that is true and uh that's good to hear though and uh, for those out there, please continue to make me last by giving listeners support to the podcast. We really appreciate the assistance and the love. Make sure you spread me around. Uh, everybody out there, you know, just uh, especially who's watching the show, you know, and if you haven't watched the show, show, check it out and have your own opinion on it. Some people have dropped off. Some people are going like still going strong. So, you know, uh, so. Oh, before I even begin, I wanted to, uh, you know, send my condolences to um, the Jefferson, the Bird family, excuse me, Thomas Jefferson Bird. Uh, he passed away where he, he was murdered. Uh, you might have seen him in a few Spike Lee films. And the reason why I definitely wanted to say something about it was because uh, we did one of the movies, uh, The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Sweet Blood of Jesus. And so. Uh, was he in the um, Five five Soldier? The Five Bloods? Yeah. I don't think so i don't think he was okay. i don't think he was but um but yeah so definitely i wanted to uh you know send my rest in peace uh for thomas jefferson bird uh, he's done a few Spike Lee movies um so today we will be reviewing okay okay wait wait wait, wait. before 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 you begin before you begin i have to get this service announcement out okay um Yes, because uh, there's some really stupid, stupid people out there. And I know Halloween is right around the corner. So, uh, please, uh, none of you idiots out there dress up like the goddamn Topsy and Bopsy twins. Please don't do it. They're, they're, they're picking in these, okay? Do not do not dress up like them. I already see these new millennials, these Generation Y folk going ahead, dressing just like the Let Me In twins. Don't do not do it. The Let Me In twins, the, the picking in these, the nigglets, whatever you want to call them. Do not dress up like them for Halloween. I don't care how scared you are, okay? All right, that's my service announcement. All right. Lovecraft Country, Episode 8, Jigaboo. We made it to Episode 8 and still excited. Yeah, we're still excited about this. And not only, uh, not to mention that we are in Episode 95, excuse me, 96 of the podcast. 96. We made it to 96, folks. So go ahead. We're gonna... Every episode gets better and better. Yes. That is the goal. That is the goal. 
Yes, I'm glad, uh, Nikki, you influenced me on making every every episode better. You're welcome. Yeah, you're, yeah. anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yes, Lovecraft Country, episode eight, Jigaboo-boo. Um, Jigaboo-boo, did you know that's a term, that's a um, derogatory term that we used to use as kids? Well, I know I used to use it as kids. I, I, we never said that in Savannah, but Chicago, they used to say it, yeah. Jigaboo. I didn't say Jigaboo. Oh, Y'all said Jigaboo's over there. Yeah. Yes, we did. It was a song too. Oh no, no, because the title is called Jigaboo Boo. Because yeah. the Boo Boo is off of you know uh, uh, Emmett Till's nickname. Right. But but you all said Jigaboo's. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that, wow, that's interesting. Now, yeah, we used to say like stuff like African booty scratcher. You said that too. But you know what? The thing is, like I we never mama looking over there looking like ancient mama. Yeah, but we never I never said it to like an African person. A lot of people say that Africans experience that. But we we no, only I, said it to I, each I, other. Yeah, like African Americans or my first African until I became an adult. We didn't have right, right. Africans in the neighborhood. Right. So like my foundational black Americans were the first people I ever said uh uh, booty, the African booty scratcher too because Edward Wiggins shout out to you Ed Wiggins he said it to me in the first grade we were like first or second grade and, and I said it that. back I, I still remember that because I didn't understand I couldn't understand I I, I said it back to him because everybody laughed when he said it you know he's weird kids but when I pictured it like somebody scratching somebody's butt I'm like why would somebody want to do that and I guess that's funny because <laughs> it doesn't make sense why somebody want to scratch somebody you, else's butt when you under 10 years old every time you say booty that's funny <laughs> Just say booty to a, a kid that's under 10 and they gonna crack up. <laughs> yeah, so uh well just to kind of get into it, the teleplay is by E Huma Alfadore. Um she was in Snowfall and Life. Uh well she actually uh wrote Snowfall and Life, Love and Hollywood. And uh I don't know, I feel I feel a message coming on. I thought you had gas or something. I thought your stomach was bothering you a little uh, bit. It is kind of bothering me. Uh. The blue is coming. The blue is back. The blue is here. And I'm here to discuss for the Lovecraft Country TV series of episode 8, Jigaboo-Boo. Now the writer is Ihuma Afordare. Now she's a Nigerian writer and she's in, she's in a little bit of hot water. I want to get back to that later. Now, the tweet that she's in hot water for, I'll read it to you. It reads, At Wale, ha 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 ha, Akata, my mom warns me about dating them. Don't listen to them haters. You got Nigeria running through your blood, and you from the DMV. You cannot lose. At Wale, Igbo all day. Now when you hear that, you don't hear anything wrong with that. You say to yourself, well, she's Nigerian, so she's big enough for tribe Igbo all day. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, 
Nigeria. She got, you know, you have Nigeria running through your blood. That sounds positive. It sounds, it sounds empowering. But the problem is the term Akata. Now, Akata is the word that probably skipped over you because you never heard the word before. It doesn't sound negative, but unfortunately it is. That's why I'm here. The blue doesn't bring good news. Akata. Akata means wild dog. Akata, if you think a wild dog, you don't think anything positive. You think uh, uh, the mange, fleas, uh, dangerous. Uh, you know, if you didn't, you don't have your uh, animal spayed or, or neutered, you know, it can bring puppies, unwanted puppies, mixed breed puppies. You know, everything negative when you think of wild dog. Now, what it refers to is black Americans. That's what Akata means. Not a certain type of black American. No, 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 no. All foundational black Americans. And, uh, you might think, well, does that have anything to do with black people outside of America, like Jamaicans or Puerto Ricans that, you know, admit that they're black? Uh, unfortunately, no. As, as, unfortunately, no. It has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with black Americans here in the United States. And it's a blanket statement of being an Akata. And a lot of West Africans and Nigerians use this term a lot to refer to black Americans. Now, the problem is that a lot of the Nigerian people that use it, not everybody uses this term, but the ones that do, they also write out stories. Like Miss Iwama Afordere. She writes our story. She wrote this story because it was about Emmett Till. Emmett Till, the person whose blood brought the Civil Rights Movement. And the Civil Rights Movement is the reason why a lot of immigrants came to America today. So, yes, it, 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 it's a backhanded slap. And that's why it's, you know, a lot of people writing letters, writing, sending emails rather, because this isn't the 90s. They've been sending emails to HBO talking about this situation here. And so they they said they're going to look into it and find out what's really going on with the situation. So yeah, she's in some hot water. And the thing is, you know, uh, Foundation of Black Americans gets heat from every location now, from your own kind, other people that don't look like you. We get a lot of heat. But it's fine. Foundational black Americans, we're strong. We can take it. You know, and we want to keep on rising. But we don't want people to represent us and write our stories or play our ancestors 
calling us Akatas. That's what we're not standing for. Now, you can go back to your regular broadcast. I don't know what came over me. Oh, that was so strange. You just had gas. Shut up. I don't think it was more than gas. That was so weird. But anyway, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, get into the uh, log line. So this story is about a young black girl who is dealing with the trauma of losing her best friend to racial violence and is now being stalked by two demons after the police curses her with a bewitching spell. Now the characters for this film, you have Diana Freeman uh, being played by Jada Jada Harris. She was in the Resident TV series and the Glee TV series. You have Topsy being played by Kaylin Harris. She was on the Empire and the American Best Dance Crew. You have Bopsy being played by Bianca Bruton. She was in Footloose and Step It Up Revolution. You have Lancaster played by Mac Brandt. He was in Venom and Gangster Squad. Now, uh, just to kind of give you uh, how the story starts off, we start off at Bobo's funeral. At Bobo's funeral, and Miss Diana is tired. She's she's just in tears. Yeah, she's yeah. And she's for those who don't know, mostly drained. And for those who don't know, Bobo is Emmett Till. If, if you that's his nickname, Bobo. Bobo is the name that they call an African American male. Oh, oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. And uh, and we hear in the background, Cruel Summer by Bananarama. You ever heard of them? I've not heard of the Bananarama, but it sounds like something off Sesame Street. <laughs> it does. And and as you said, Nikki, Diana breaks. And you see people leaving out of the funeral because of the open casket. And also the smell from the heat. And mm-hmm. you see and like people throwing body. up. Yeah. yeah. And it slows it down, like the vomiting of... of a bombing, a bombing, is bombing. A, a bombing doesn't, you know, like stop the the process. The decay process. Yeah. And then this was one of the so. hottest days of the summer that they they mentioned um, that they he had his funeral. And right. Yeah. Heat, a dead body that's badly deteriorating. I can imagine the smell. Right. And and this for those who don't know, this sparked off the civil rights movement. You know, this sparked off the civil rights movement. Um, and Tick is is acting if Letty's pregnant because we were acting strange. Like, why is he, he so? Was, he was he was definitely very um, attentive to her. Are you okay? You, you need, need some more. And I was like, Dick. I was wondering, like, when did she tell him? Did I miss that part? Yeah. I don't remember her ever telling him. Right. But he was definitely acting like he knew something. Right. And you also had Tick and Montrose. Uh, went, that was that's but, still kind of awkward. You can tell yeah. that it's still kind of tense. Montrose tried to offer water Tick, yeah. to to Liddy and Tick, and he kind of ignored him and went back to Liddy like, "Do you need some water? You can drink my water. Right, drink mine." Right. Like like he wasn't there, right. so you can still see that. But in all of their interactions, nobody really took in consideration that Diana. Yeah, they was, neglected Diana, you're this right. This is her best friend. Mm-hmm. She has no father and her mother is missing. And her mother isn't coming back. That's what the writer said. 
I think she's gonna come back. Writer says she's not coming back. She, it she doesn't make she, sense she, to me for her not to come back. The, I'll put it like this: the writer said this because one of the writers, before she even comes on, she always mentions that she has three kids, mm-hmm. and so she was basically identifying with uh, Hippolyta, saying, you know, if I had a chance and opportunity to be one with the universe, I would not come back. Even for my kids, basically, she didn't no, say that. But but, but, she, but then the other writer was like, "I don't know that Hippolyta. That's a little too selfish for me." You know what I mean? So, selfish. but my thing is, she she said that when she said you could do anything you want to do, and she said that I need to get back to Diana. No, she said she needs me. Yeah, that don't mean I, I need, need to get back. I, I can Diana say I need to. I, I I can say I need to do these. I can so do that. That'll be I totally can, in a malicious way for her to be like my daughter needs me and i'm still not coming back i can say i need to do these clothes and let these clothes sit here for weeks you know what i'm saying so so that means that you're that what i'm saying is she admits that she has responsibilities and she's aware of these her, her responsibilities mm-hmm. so her decision of not coming back doesn't make sense to me well well it uh, i guess it would if you think of have you seen the watchman and the watchman it was a guy named dr manhattan and he became so universal to where he was so in tune with the universe, he wasn't worried about what happened on the planet with people that he knew. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's almost so that's where Hippolyta but, but, is. But when, mean, when Hippolyta mm-hmm. is so universal right now, you know, sensing everything, being everything in time, to where regular life as a black woman or a black mother or wife is very insignificant. But my thing is, again, that's not. It doesn't fit the Hippolyta character because even when at the end of she's a discoverer, she's not a mother, right? And when she was a discoverer, <laughs> what I'm saying is, she when they say you can go any, you can be anywhere you wanted to be, and she chose to be um, George's wife. Mm-hmm. So that shows me that she still it is she still has a humble part of her in her or responsibility to her family as well. So I, it doesn't make sense for, to me. I don't know. No, I've heard people say that if they could just be, you know, they get, but they not Hippolyta though. If they cannot have kids and just be them, they could go on trips. Well, if that was and what, do other if, things if and not worry about children and family. Do, she could have easily went back in time to not not got pregnant, but I don't think that's what she wants. I think she loves that, the fact why, that she's a mother. Why does she get uh, George, not uh, uh, Diana? <laughs> not why does she get George, not Diana, to go with her on the trip? Okay. When they remember they went to discover, she got George after she told George that she felt small. She got George, and she took George on the trip to discover other planets and other life forms. She didn't take Diana with her. She could have got Diana. That, that would have been the perfect family setting. That goes back to the, hey, you know, it's better because you know how people that come to me be like, yo, man, it might be just best if you just don't have kids. You can just continue not to have. I, kids. I still, to me, I'm not gonna believe it. I'm gonna believe that Hippolyta will be back for Diana. Okay, I, I, respect, I respect your opinion. You've been right so far. We'll see. Right, I'm just gonna. I'm out. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to roll with the rioters on this one. So anyway, um, we also see Diana. She's on the street, and we see like two girls coming out with vanilla ice cream, which you know, black people weren't allowed to eat vanilla ice cream back in the day. It's so it's weird, weird rules. Uh, arrogant weird rules. It was just the derogatory <laughs> rules, the rules that make them degrading rules that make black people feel like they can that they weren't real people. Right, and so the girls were just happy. You know, they got vanilla ice cream. You can still see the happiness with them, but to Diana, you know, it was upsetting because her best friend died. So, and I think you mentioned it before that if you feel like I'm feeling sad, you need to feel sad with me. Yeah, that's just grief. 
You don't when you when you're grieving, it's you you don't understand how anybody else could not be grieving with you because that's how that's how heartbroken she is. Right. And I and I get that. Why are you over there laughing? My best friend just got murdered for being black. Right. For no reason at all. This is not a time to laugh to to um laugh. And then you could see the rage when she was just screaming right, like an animal. Well before she rocks at him. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yeah. So definitely she was throwing rocks at him. You hear her, you know growling. growling her. Yeah. I, I don't and know. It, I think and it made her feel good because afterwards she had she, she had that laugh. chuckle. Well <laughs> to me that chuckle kind of reminded me of that stress relief with uh with Hippolyta. Like when Hippolyta was getting stressed with the alien and she couldn't comprehend what was going on mm-hmm. like she had she started laughing you know like like remember the alien was pinning her down and she couldn't do anything and she just started laughing it's like kind of like a defense mechanism yeah, and, yeah, and i get yeah. that like when when people tell me stuff that is like crazy or horrifying even though i don't think that it's funny i do laugh because it's kind of like it's crazy and i can't believe that this just happened Right. That, and for something like that, it's like a chuckle to me, but it's not like a chuckle where it's I'm amused by something, right. you know? So it's so, kind of a defense mechanism that a strong black women carry. Okay. That's a trait that we got. All right. And it, uh, so when I start laughing, you better start running. All right. <laughs> but we're going to run to this next segment of Lancaster pushing up <laughs> on Diana. That's what we're going to run to. And so, uh, but yeah, so uh, that that's when uh, they kind of pin her down and they're making a marking on the ground and they're asking Diana, where's Hippolyta? And it, you know, she really doesn't know. She's like, she's on a guy trip, you know? And they're like, you're lying, blah, blah, blah. And so that's when- Then they asked her, did, did she been acting strange? Yeah, yeah, she been acting strange. Did she say, yeah, kinda, you know, and you know, that's what- What do you know about magic? That's a strange and a weird question to right, ask somebody. Right. She's like, what you mean? Like a movies, magazines? What, what, right, what like, like, uh, yeah. And, and and that's when um when they asked what her mother's name was and she was like uh you know one of the officers was like niggers and these African names which we'll we'll get back to a little later and uh, that's when they're putting a spell or they're doing an incantation and that's when you see uh Diana saying she can't breathe like the police brutality mm. of Eric Gardner and also George Floyd um and, and it was m- many others some others that actually and you have an encounter with the police yeah one had a bag you can't breathe yeah one had a bag over his head yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know so stuff like that then we get to uh but don't don't go past that we forgot the 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 cream of wheat man that was the poster that was just doing this whole encounter it was like the cream of wheat guy's eyes yeah followed uh, kind of followed diana Diana. as she dealt with that and to me i think that kind of piggybacks on the, the fact that they say that the black woman is not valued or black woman is not supported by her black men. So while she's being um, traumatized by these policemen, this black man is just watching her in the photo. So you're saying the cream of wheat man should have got his black ass off that damn wall. He, he helped her. He should have been there. He should have helped her. You sound just like those black feminists. <laughs> <laughs> I hate black men. That cream of wheat man should have got his damn Negro no, ass off no, the wall. No, I don't, I don't got mean that. I don't. I don't mean that literally. I just mean the scene of how they made it seem like the eyes were watching her as she was dealing with that. I be per- okay, that's your opinion. I, I personally just think that it was just creepy. And then the cream wheat man kind of represent like the whole depiction with Aunt Jemima. It was a picture of Aunt Jemima True, show. Yeah. And then also it kind of connects to the Big Ben, not Big Ben. Uh was it Big Ben? The, 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 the rice, Uncle Ben. 
Uncle Ben Rice. Yeah, and because they took them off the market, the picture off the market or whatever. That's what I kind of got. So, you know, to interpretate it as a woman, you know, I understand that she probably went through certain things that that's what you probably saw that you weren't, you know, that that she, uh, the cream of wheat man, should have did something <laughs> to, you know what I'm saying? I, no, I, I I'm, I'm, I'm empathizing. No, I'm empathizing with you. Okay. I feel that I, she, I, he should have got off the wall. Don't try to make me little. Don't empathize with me. Stop trying to make me little. <laughs> All right. And so then after that, we get... um. Uh, a good shot. All right, before we even get to the shot, we see uh, Letty come back home looking for Diana. But in the corner, we see Jiha. And then Letty goes into the, the I guess, the, the dining room, whatever. And I think Jiha was in the study area. And there was a split, you know what I'm saying? And, I, and I'll go ahead and expose. That's one of my likes for the, uh, for the, uh, uh, that's one of my likes, period. You know what I mean? So I thought that was pretty cool. And then we go to uh, Christina and Tick. Uh, Tick meets up with Christina in this tune. And uh, Nikki, uh, what, what did you, I know you said something about a tune. I, the fact that Christina met, met with two characters in this scene. She met with Tick at a tomb at a graveyard and she met with Liddy at a church. To me, I think that kind of, you can kind of look at that as a, a little glimpse of what's going to occur in the future. He's in the graves. He's in the graveyard, and his prediction is he's supposed to die. And we all know Letty is actually pregnant, and she's in a church, which kind of represents birth. Mm, okay. Okay. I never thought of it that way. And also in the tomb, uh, it was a mention. I think Christina made a comment about uh, relatives. Yeah, company with them. You left me. You had me waiting here. You know, I don't wait for nobody. Right. But at least I have company. My family. Right. And then uh, and the, the, the name was Clarissa Blathwhite. And I don't know if that's her mother. We, we don't know. We don't know what who uh, the connection Clarissa Blathwhite has uh, with uh, Christina, um, other than a relative. And, and also, Tick wants Christina to teach her, to teach him magic and uh, tries to make a deal. And we and she, also. And she sensed that she's like, oh, what's different now? Y'all, you want to know magic now? Oh, I can sense you desperate now. Right. She could tell that he was desperate. And also, we found out that that was Hiram's arm that was in the lock. Mm. I think that was the episode with the uh, museum. I can't think right. of the museum I think episode. That was four. Right. And so um, then we found out that was Hiram's arm. And also, uh, for an incantation, we found out for an incantation to work, uh, it's not a spell. You know, a lot of people say a spell, and I used spell earlier, but it's an incantation, and that's when you have energy. Uh, intention and a body so you need the, the the power to do it you need to be energized you need to have intention like you have to be direct you know what i'm saying and focus you know what i'm saying and, you and need also an actual body a body yeah a person and uh and also because you need that because you don't want to upset the balance of nature without a disaster and i think something like that might come later on mm -hmm. like where somebody is going to do an incantation without one of those elements possibly and it's going to create an imbalance yeah so we'll see if that happens if they have the uh the money to, to pull off that but it has to be a, a perfect alignment and uh before christina leaves because she kind of leaves out uh they make a deal and that's when you see tiki gives christina the key mm -hmm. to the aura and uh tick brings up uh information that stops uh, christina dead in, in her tracks and he talks about the optimal uh, equinox. equinox. And uh, that's when Christina reveals that she's trying to that's achieve she immortality. Her she wants immortality. Mm -hmm. And then the thing about it is, uh, we haven't got to the part where Tick mentions that he read the book and it mentioned that's what the, the book said as well. 
Uh, I think so. Um, no, no, that's when he had that he had that uh, conversation with with Montrose. Okay, we'll get to that later. Okay, okay, and uh, hopefully we'll get to that later. Um, but also, uh, we go to speaking of Montrose, Montrose and Dana, Diana, excuse me, and uh, that's where uh, Montrose is back in the hot seat because Montrose is like, hey, where have you been? You know, in his Montrose way of asking, his direct, you know, firm way of asking, and. Montrose is always in the hot seat of lying, you know, like mm-hmm. like Hippolyta saw through his BS, and also Diana, Diana is not through seeing through it. And Diana is not playing that stuff. She snapped out cursing. Right. You stop fucking lying to me. Stop lying. Right. And Montrose is trying to, he's trying to be, he's trying to be, you know, cool because he understands what she's going through. But, it, you know, Montrose all of, is all about respect. He said about respect. Yeah. Now, you're not going to disrespect me like that. Who you think you're talking to? But D, on the other hand, she knows she like you. You, you going to lie to me? If you're, not, if you're not gonna respect me enough to tell me the truth, I'm gonna disrespect you in this conversation. Right. And that's basically what she did. Right. That was totally disrespectful how right. she acted. And then uh, she ends up running into a room and- It was that's, a bathroom, right? No, no, it was her, it was her bedroom. Okay. And uh, in her room, that's when the- spell, She started getting the, dressed. She had to take camp. off them shirt shoes and put a, put a head she on. Put her whatever. sneakers on, yeah. She put her uh, CA cap. And what's the CA cap mean? Um, I think it was a Negro League in Chicago, the Giants. Yeah, the Chicago American Giants. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then that's when uh, we we hear uh, like a knock, not a knock. Yeah, we hear a knocking. You know what I'm saying? The radio station changes, and that's when the incantation starts to uh, kick in that the uh, police officer did earlier, uh, Officer Lancaster. The spell that he, uh, the incantation that he placed on uh, uh, Diana. And so we hear stop that knocking, stop that knocking, stop that knocking, stop that knocking, stop the knocking at the door. <laughs> By uh, Brian Mark, uh, Roger Smith, Peter DeSante, and David Van Veersklik. And uh, they're an early minstrel show, and you know, a bunch of white men that's wearing blackface. And they actually had a song, and that song, they're basically speaking from, a, they're trying to speak from a black perspective about going Who that at the door? Who that, who that, who that at the door? Of a black man's perspective of meeting this black woman. Well, I, I, he definitely talks about meeting this black woman. I forgot. Rose of May and Yeah, Sarah, yeah, Sarah Brown. That's how the song goes. So you go ahead and YouTube it. I went up, YouTube the song. Uh, Stop that knocking. It's really bad. Yo, and, and the funny thing, the weird thing about it is everybody that appeared there is only there because of this show. Like, <laughs> like, you, like you figure that you would see people talking about how great the song was back then or whatever. Nah, it's actually there. You see the responses because everybody watched this uh, episode. And then um, also, we get back to, oh yeah, so that's when uh, Diana, Diana, she leaves. And then we she escapes the room, and then that's when Montrose he enters the room, and so we get to Ruby. Now yes, we see we Ruby. See, now we see Ruby trying to get into our, uh, I guess William's establishment, and that's when we see a Ken. You know, you residence, have, you mean? Yeah, 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 re, yeah. Uh, William's residence. Yeah, what else? Establishment. Yeah, like he worked there. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. My he kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we we see Karen, uh, we see Ken. So we're gonna call the guy Ken because you know a Karen is a, a white supremacist woman that just wants to tell stuff on black people just to get them arrested. So a race, hopefully a race soldier can come and kill that black person and just give them a lot of you know hell. And a Ken is the male version of that. So we see a Ken that's uh, you know 
Like he's trying to, he's disrespecting like, you must be the maid. Thinking that she's a maid, correct. And that's when uh, we, guess what? Guess what happens? What happens? We get a white savior. I didn't think. to get a white savior in this series you sound I, so excited because I, I, I was like you know what a black uh, a black show without a white savior that's just ludicrous and then we get a white savior and it's written and directed by a black person feel, and we get a white savior i feel dirty now that you said that to me i feel so dirty like i need to take a shower <laughs> so uh and that's when it before we even get to the the shower part because actually uh william gives her a bath he comes in steps in for ruby saves her you know and you know gets uh ken off of ruby's back and uh you mentioned uh something about the two sides of the city where where you have like the black side and well, right after the Emmett Till death you well, know that, that was kind of the uh, mentality there it was separation all the white people on that side of town wanted to stay they didn't want any of that involvement in their neighborhood they care less about the black person but they don't want any of that grieving any of whatever they were doing in their neighborhood that was the beginning of, a, of the of the um Civil rights. Yeah, the civil rights movement. And so they didn't want to be a part of it. And then on the other side, you have this community of black families who are mourning the death of this young kid, this right. young boy Bobo, um, for no justified reason. And they're not going to get justice for it. So it's kind of like two worlds. Right. And that's when we see uh, we actually had, um, well, there was a situation where William is taking off uh ruby's clothes and he's giving her a bath she ain't got no down. excuse this time she knows so, that, that she know who that is and but and, and then in the background we hear a song a song called put a spell on you by alice smith and now this is the question um is christina a transgender or a lesbian i think that she is a lesbian because even though she was inside of a male's body she's still who she is and she has to be attracted in some sort of way in order to get that equipment to work. You know, you ain't finna just get it up and you're not attracted to Ruby. So there is some type of attraction. And the same thing with Ruby, the fact that she know that that's not really William, that that is a woman and she still wanted to engage in a sexual encounter with her. That's the sexual relationship. They're lesbians. I say they transgender because Christina is a man now. And one thing Physically about she uh, is yeah, you had your moment. You had your moment, women's rights. You had your moment. So so one thing about it, I feel that it's a it's a she would Christina would be a transgender just off the simple fact that uh women don't have prostates. Christina now has a prostate. You know what I'm saying? That makes her a man. You know what I'm saying? She right. so and so on on top of that, you know what I'm saying? She has her body has changed. It like like her her uh That's, whole it's DNA, just magic. DNA. It's like her wearing a costume. She's still who she is inside. So again, mm, unless no, there's some changes. type of of physical attraction to another person, she can't so how get come, that thing. So how come right? Christina and Ruby never had sex then? Explain that. How come who? Christina and Ruby, uh, Carmen San Diego and Ruby didn't have sex. Okay, now we're gonna go on to <laughs> the uh, uh, Ruby because Ruby she goes and takes the potion, and that's when we see Ruby. Can we go back and, to that question? And wait, no, we, we, we got. We, 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 no, you took too long. I gave I, you a chance. I, I had the picture in my Ruby mind. Take, who was who? Ruby we can go back to that potion. question. 
We'll they go back can't later. have sex because she don't have the right equipment. Yes, That's a whole different act. They, they can scissor. No, <laughs> no. No, but she did that. Ruby still like what she like. They can buy a William strap off. William is packing. They William can, be laying pipe. They can buy a strap off from somewhere. That's anyway. you. How you just gonna slip past, just jump past the doggone sex scene? Let's talk about that. Well, the, that, I was getting to the part where Ruby takes the potion. Okay. That's what you cutting me off at. But she, so Ruby takes the potion, and that's when it's Ruby almost, takes the potion for a specific reason, though. Yeah, she does. She can ride. That's what she's trying to do. She's trying to ride. The dead, 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 dead. All right, so that's what we see Ruby <laughs> with Venom. Basically, it's like Ruby has Ventiligo, where, you know, it reminded me of that uh, beautiful uh, That actress, scene was Winnie, so intense. Winnie Harlow, I feel, I, if you all Passionate. know. Passionate. It was very sexy. It's kind of gory, though. So I couldn't really get into it. But, I mean, if I was into gory stuff, this would have been the scene for me. This scene, what you think, which scene was better? Was this sex scene better or the Gia and um, I like, sex I like, I like, better. I like Gia sexy. You you like the nine tails? I like the nine tails. Why you like the nine tails? Uh, because it was it it it. First of all, it wasn't blood. I don't like blood. Like I don't might like sex and blood. I already told that nasty story. So you know I you know so I'm I, I'm I'm good on that. It, As it, for the visual, doesn't got anything to do with the um tails on your balls, huh? They got anything to do with it. <laughs> You like I mean, the tail listen, tickling listen. your balls. That, that, that is nice. That, that, that helps. That does <laughs> help. That does help. Not one of the nine tails tickling my balls, like a little swath to the balls. That would be that would be amazing. I, I would love that. And so, do, it, do it with the six tail. Can you do it with two tails at the same time? <laughs> hey, I don't want to think about that. Let me just, let's move on. Yeah, anyway. No more sex scene. Anyway, so the question was, you know, I was wondering how long where they having sex for this potion to wear off because she's just busted out of her white body. I told you, William be laying pipe. He is the pie piper. All right, all right, he's the pie. all right, all right. That pause. You can all see right. it in Ruby's face when she orgasmed. She was like, like it was like, a, uh, what is it called, the X-Band. She was like, X-Band. <laughs> she was mutating. <laughs> oh, she man. gave out that roar, Anyway, I think right. she was like so, tent, it was just, it was like she had a tail. <laughs> we gotta get so okay. finally. Okay, no tick more sex. Meets Jihaw, and uh, that's when Tick walks into the room, and you see Tick sitting across from. Um, excuse me. You see uh, Letty sitting across from Jihaw, and Jihaw is happy to see him. Like you can see the happiness, and Letty is pissed. And so uh, from that point, we go to uh, Diana, and she's on the train platform. And this is the introduction to Topsy and Bopsy. And that's when the Let Me In Twins intro comes in. And uh, did they, do you think they represented the two girls that was eating ice cream? I think they do. It was one lighter complected little girl and mm. one darker complected little girl when she was throwing rocks at them. And I think that it, they appeared as kids because Diana is a kid herself. So that will be something more relatable to her that can scare her as mm. a kid. You know, as a kid, that's like, what? what's the worst thing that you could think of as a kid? Bullies. You know, Bullies. when uh, you were a little kid. But she didn't get bullied. No, she didn't get bullied. But as a kid, that's like one of the things that you, that's one of the important things that a kid has to deal with. Mm -hmm. The fact that they get bullied in school. And now she just threw rocks at these kids that she was bullying. And now they come back and they're, they're haunting her, kind of. Right. And then uh, it kind of has like a us 
breakdown to yes, it, you know, yes, and, exactly. uh, especially the part where you see uh, Topsy, she comes out and she's excited. Like, it's almost like I can read Topsy's mind. Like, Topsy comes out of the uh, stairwell. First, the Bobsy comes out, but her back is turned. And then Topsy pops out. And it's like, I'm, she's so excited to see her next victim. Like, you're my next victim. I'm going to kill you. I cannot wait. And she goes to Bobsy. He's like, hey, Bobsy, look who we're going to kill. And Bobsy bends backwards and looks at, uh, you know, looks at Diana. And you hear that little, that little noise, like her back breaks or something like that. And then you see, uh, 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 what's her name? Uh, Diana, she's trying to leave off the platform and she's asking, you know, white people, hey, you know, do you, do you see, see that? that? Yeah, do you so, see that? And everybody's like, what's going on? You just crazy. Right, right. And so I'm just going to give you uh, a different, you know, breakdown because uh, Topsy was a slave child in the anti slavery novel, Uncle Tom. And in the book, when you go back to the room where Montrose was standing out of the room um, explaining to Diana about what he had to deal with with racism, uh, you had on the book, uh, it was called um, Uncle Tom, Uncle Tom's Cabin. And it was a picture of, at first it was a picture of Topsy with Eva, but then when the, the, uh, the um, not enchantment, but the um, enchantment, you know, kicks in. when it kicks in that's when you see topsy slamming uh eva's head into the glass and people who don't know what eva is eva is the daughter of the southern slave owner who befriends the black slave uncle tom so then we go to uh uh tick in jiha the kamiho and that's where jiha is telling or explaining everything to letty about um about the uh the nine tails and about she tells relationship the, right and she tells the story that uh tick uh which tick didn't, didn't want lady to hear she tells the story about how they have sex and you know the story of how she drains your powers because you know you know that's just what she does she kind of sends a shot at tick but uh yeah and then um that's when we get to uh talk about the uh the people how many people she killed because she revealed that she killed 100 people like she made it to 100 mm -hmm. so i guess she's immortal now um amortal and so that's when she throws it back at uh tick like well hey this is this is what i do you know what i'm saying i kill just i kill people what is your excuse you know what i'm saying so he kind of she kind of flays him on that one uh and then uh after that uh that's when we get to uh uh the reason why he's here, why she's here, because he's yelling at her or he's directly. Well, he's asking her questions like, you finna tell me how yeah, I got sternly, huh? You finna tell me how to fix it. How You finna tell me what to do. And she's like, no, 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 no. And so he's like, well, what the hell are you doing here? Why are you right. here? And that's when Lady reveals because she loves you. Yeah, you can't like, you, you're you not you're not fooling me. Lady's like, you're not fooling me. You acting like this because you guys were in love. You had a relationship and you never told me about it. That's where her her frustration comes no, from. No, he did tell her. He told her, he said that um about they were talking about being in love before, and he said he didn't know he didn't he didn't say he was in love, but he said he wasn't sure. He said he doesn't know if he really was in love because he was in love with her. It was just the fact he finding wasn't out with the idea of her he, no, he not was knowing a, he, that no, she was he, a comedian. Right. Like nobody's not gonna expect that. That's why I'm not gonna make put it under it. That's why I'm gonna say he was in love with her. But finding out that she's a Camille kind of changes things, you know, like yeah. you're a, a demon, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that kind of changes things. So he did say that to her before in the past. And uh, and he kind of and this is where I kind of feel like, I don't know, I kind of feel like um, uh, uh, he was he just felt he felt he was really too offensive with Gia. Gia was there 
strictly for love and compassion and he kind of attacked her like she was a sad chick like and, right. and it wasn't even they it wasn't even like that he was that she cheated on him or he cheated on her at all because him and Letty was not a they were not an item right. they, she was never an idea in his mind when he had that relationship with Gia right and and I kind of feel like she they kind of was kind of staining men on this a little bit like I feel like I feel like everybody has a stain and like with with Tick I felt like all right what makes this story well rounded would be the situation that happened in Korea you know what I'm saying but I noticed it was black men that were killing innocent Korean women and the even the Korean man didn't touch the gun you know what I'm saying he didn't kill anybody but then now I'm thinking okay that's what okay i noticed this black men doing this okay well we're gonna let it go but then now it's like we're seeing tick doing the montrose thing where he's like extra angry because i can't see like i, I get that he he knows that yeah, his anger is indirected it's, it's, it's directed to the wrong person basically right. he's frustrated with her and yelling at her when she didn't do anything wrong and i i do think that he overdid it i understand the situation life and death and then the fact that he found he knows about letty's being pregnant with his child so maybe all of that aggression is is shown in this scene but the thing is that's how but i hope it's not the last of gia i hope gia didn't leave though right uh, but i always think but that's 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 the type of um situation that uh i, I don't know but again i think that the frustration is because of not Gia being there, but the fact that Letty was there. I think that if he was in the room talking to Gia by herself, that encounter wouldn't have been that negative. It right. wouldn't have been like that. But but I, but I think it's the writing. What I was gonna say was I think it was the writing because the thing is that's that attitude that Tick had was of a man who got caught cheating. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like like to make him that angry because the thing is she's in the past right? right like the thing is she could possibly be here to help you you're not gonna yell at nobody to help you well and, she already thing, said that she she didn't have well he didn't answers. know that so he didn't know that mind, he, didn't, he didn't know that but then but he was still talking to her sternly because if she didn't want i get it because she didn't want letty to know right uh, about the sex details or whatever but that's the past but the thing that's important information that's important information like why that, that makes you ask more questions like why what makes it different let's discover what makes everything different but he's kind of acting like oh oh this is my this is my uh side chick my yeah, side chick is he, here he was acting really guilty and he didn't have to yeah and i think that was written for a reason you know what i'm saying I, that's that's what i'm getting to i think well, that was everybody that... here has the past flaws they made every character with flaws so i i can respect that portion of it but a lot of the other flaws are subtle you know what I'm saying? Like, Lady's flaws is that, okay, yeah. She's selfish. Yeah, she's selfish, but it's subtle. But yeah. she, you know what I'm saying? But she's strong. I don't see her as a bad character. You know what I'm saying? I felt like, yeah, she's well-rounded. That's well-rounded. Ruby is another one. Like, you know, even with situations was going on, but she would rather be with this white person. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, well, we're going to kind of make this white person seem like she's an ally. So that backs up Ruby's flaw. But, but Tick, no Tick, he's just a killer and he's just rude to fucking women. That sounds a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. You feeling offended a little bit. I, I'm, I'm basically feeling like somebody is tapping my shoulder and it's kind of like, wait a minute, like why doesn't everybody else get this type of, this energy? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking closely. You know what I'm saying? Even after like the whole George thing, George, I'm about to say George, 
Floyd. <laughs> with George, you know, it's a recipe for George Floyd, but uh, with the whole George situation, even with the uh, writer, when she said that uh, she was, you know, if George, if George was shut the fuck up, it was like an anger type thing. And, and George wasn't even an aggressive character to me. Right. So like, so my thing is, if you're writing this and you're at, and this is your uh, perception of men, especially black men, it's going to bleed out into your work. You know what I'm saying? So I'm feeling like her perception of men, of black men is bleeding out into her work. That's why I've never seen like he's almost like an antihero um you know like because like he he like even they make anti-heroes look good you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. heroes that'll kill you and stuff or whatever the case but they just making him kind of look like an asshole and it's kind of interesting you know how they you know have that you know kind of set up there but um but uh but even though back to the story uh tick breaks jihad's heart you know what i'm saying because he tells her if you can't do anything for me you know then what the, the hell are you here for yeah we'll get the fuck out right and that leads to tick and lady's argument where she's upset with tick for not as you mentioned earlier for not telling her um about uh about the nine tails and she's getting on him while she's keeping a secret and see and that and that but i like the realism in that because that's real right women would get on the dude about something he's done while she's keeping the secret well i think and, and, and it'll Liddy's, be the same exact thing it'll be the same well, exact I don't, thing I, I think in liddy's defense in her laddie's defense is their relationship is not established yet mm -hmm. her and tick never said they want to be together that they want to be in a relationship mm -hmm. they're just going through these changes these uh situations these obstacles together mm -hmm. uh, but they never established a relationship so in her mind she feels like if she tells them about a baby it's just going to make the whole situation even harder which she doesn't want to do she, she um liddy kind of values herself as being an asset she doesn't want to be seen as a liability ever and her being pregnant may make seem like she's a liability and she can contribute less to the cause and she don't want to do that right. she don't want to sit down so a, she a, don't want to go in bed that's rest. a big that's a good excuse to tell the man that you know that you don't have a baby on the way i mean i mean i mean because what was the word well, i'm sure she's gonna tell him after they finish dealing with whatever they're dealing with yeah. then she would tell him but this just wasn't the right time mm, okay so now we get to ruby and christina we see ruby on the phone with someone some people feel i've read certain things where people feel that Ruby was on, I'm excuse me, Christina was on the phone with uh, Letty, or maybe she was on the phone with the guys to set up things that happened later on with uh, Christina. Um, so uh, that's where we see Ruby. She comes in, she's upset, and she's trying to get empathy from Christina. And I, and, and, and I don't know if this is just the story, I guess cool, but I kind of feel like that's the problem with black people a lot of times. We always try to get empathy from white people. Like, like, like white people harm us, and we're like, look at white people, look what they're doing to us. You know what I mean? It's like they, you know. Well, you, you want everybody <laughs> want people to empathize with them when they're going Nobody through a situation. No. So, do you think the Jews empathize, want empathy from? Well, no. The in Nazis? this situation, I think she's looking at it as to you guys treat, you know, you treat me as a person. This happened to another person, their person, just like me. Wouldn't you feel upset about that? How do you feel? I mean, I'm here with you, and I'm a black person. Do you feel a little bit guilty that because a because a white person, because I'm black, that a white person would do the same thing to me? So that's that's the empathy that that I'm thinking that she's expecting from them because 
they treat her so well. They treat her like a person. So do you see me as a person or do you see me as a black person like the other white people see them as a black person and want to do them the same harm? So that's the that's what I'm seeing from that relationship. And then in the same token, I'm I think she feels guilty for the fact that she was there and she should have been on the other side of town. You know what I'm getting? I'm feeling that she's a Negro bedwinch. I'm gonna come out and say it. I'm not gonna say MBW. I'm gonna be, I'm just gonna uh I'm just gonna put it out there because you know that that whole thing of so something that's that that sparked the civil rights movement you know what i'm saying and a, a 14 year old boy who was brutally murdered because a white woman lied on him and said that he did something whistled or some bullshit which that it, it come down to find out that's not even true and and the, the, the stepbrother and the husband comes to that uh the uncle's house of of uh, emmett till drags him out kills him does does everything to him and, and throw him in the water they, he does all of that to him right and, you know so she goes through so like like all of that happens in that story but yet ruby still finds herself knowing that this is a white woman that tricked her that she's a white man and this is who she's up under you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. this is who you know this is who she's crying to asking from empathy from she needs she most in that time black people would have been with, with one another right you know what i'm saying and, that's why she that, feels guilty about that. she feels guilty but the thing is feeling guilty shit a uh, 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 a guy or a girl can cheat on the significant other and feel guilty they did it but he still got damn did it you know what i'm saying so i mean feeling guilty doesn't mean shit you're there you had sex Oh, I took the potion to turn myself into a white woman to make myself feel better. That's what mentally you create reasoning in your head to get the That's what she wanted. She wanted to do the she wanted that the dick. So in her mind, she said, if I take and the she, potion. So black men and got dicks? So if I take, well, right now she don't have a relationship with any black men. And right now the black people are in mourning like they should be because mm. of Emmett Till's but death. She, but she got a fuck though. That's a, that's an MBW. And, She's an MBW. And that's what, that's what Christina told her. You know, I don't feel guilty about any of that because you wanted what you wanted. You wanted to have sex. And, and so you're we, here now. And you, and you had sex. That's what you wanted to do. So don't try to put your guilt on me. Mm-hmm. Because you feel in a certain type of way, and Ruby just had to shut the fuck up because she knew it was true. She right. wanted the dick, right? You know. And another thing is too, she hit her with the "I'm white and I say so." Like she told Ruby that you don't care about Emmett Till. She like first she told her that you know I don't care about Emmett Till. This is Christina. I don't care about Emmett Till. I don't care about Roy Bryant, who is the husband of Carolyn Bryant, who lied on Emmett Till. Or I don't care. You know, I think about, what, what I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm J.W. Millen. And you know who who's the relative? I think stepbrother. Like she was saying, I don't care about any any of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And you don't either. And if y'all look that up, if y'all look up, I'm white and I say so. That's actually a rule because that's where somebody will like because you're black, a white person will tell you something, even though it's bullshit. But then you have an example. You were saying that. Uh, no, no, that was what um, Master P was talking about when they did the when they were talking about how he created No Limit Records. He said how he went into his um, one of the 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 CEOs of the record label that they were on and he was trying to tell him some bullshit. So Matt P was like, so you white and you right? That, that's what you're trying to tell me? Mm-hmm. No, nah, you ain't finna run it on me. It ain't, no, it's not gonna be because you white and you right. Yeah. He kind of shut that down because that is supposed to be like a 
unwritten rule. Yeah, the white person say something, you just supposed to go with it. Yeah, if it's bullshit or not. That's the I'm white and I say so rule. You can Google it and look it up. It, it exists. <laughs> and so then we go uh, with Diana and we see Diana. Uh, she's back at uh, she's back at Letty's house. And Letty, she's pretty upset about her confrontation with Tick because Tick walks out and he said he's going to try to find uh, he's going to get like a, a incantation uh, to, for, you know, to, to help with this fight in which Letty, she was upset with Tick uh, about, you know, running out. So she is fed up. And so she runs into Diana and Diana is trying to tell Letty about what's going on. And Diana, I mean, Letty is not trying to hear what Diana has to say. And so that's when we see the Jigaboo girls, the, 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 the keeper knocking girls, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but don't keep a knock. I forgot, I forgot what, what they call them. But, um, and also we saw the Nightmare on Elm Street girls drunk roping before like they the did have hits. a cameo in this this um episode right so that even um, the music it was the one two it was yeah they oh, didn't sing right. the actual song but they were singing in the same tone oh like the one, single song two, like, yeah. freddy's coming for you it was those same little tone tunes. oh i didn't i didn't catch that I, oh, okay um but then also too that's when uh uh diana tries to run to the car and she notices that you know her the car, car you know, mother's car there she isn't on the, the thing about that is again you see diana alone by herself dealing on this trend this traumatic day mm -hmm. of her best friend's death she has no mother there and no father there so she has nobody there who's actually comforting her and as she feels like the whole world is lying to her can you imagine how traumatizing that that can be for a kid her age right exactly and so that's when the uh topsy appears because first it was bopsy that she saw and uh, she couldn't breathe i mean she couldn't talk because she tried to tell um you know to, to kind of back up a little bit she tried to tell letty that hey you know what was going on and all of a sudden her, letty was being selfish they were no her throat was clamped she couldn't speak and she was like you better get some water because she started coughing. yeah somebody's coughing like that like, yeah, yeah you will you will go you, over there to right. assist you want to say, go in the kitchen, get some water. I got somewhere to be. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, like she got to work or something. Yeah. What type of work lady do? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, then that's when um, Montrose, uh, oh, actually, I'm, I'm talking about damn Montrose. We get the ticket Montrose, and that's when we see um, Montrose is sitting on the curb. And that's where Tick, you know, comes across Montrose. And he's like, uh, did you cheat on my mama? You know, he, and, he, and, he, it was burning him up. He yeah, had to ask. Yeah, he had to ask, and Montrose had to be straight up with him. No, yeah, your mama knew, but I never acted on any of those urges until yeah, no, after no, she yeah. was already dead. Mm -hmm. We had a great, we had a a great. What was it? A uh, relationship? Or? It wasn't a relationship. It was like an arrangement. Arrangement. It right. was a great arrangement. It wasn't an entanglement. It was an arrangement. It was an arrangement. Mm -hmm. She wanted a family, and I wanted to, to I wanted to hide my truth. Right. So they that's why they he said it didn't work well together. Right. And so then that's when uh they sit down and they have a conversation. Even though Tick is <laughs> Tick he's being extra because he don't want to sit by his father. He's like acting extra, like, hey, I'm I, I'm gonna act like I don't want to sit by you just to try to piss you off. You know, and all you know, Montrose is an older guy, you know, he's an older gentleman, he's hit the game. He just goes on with the story of you know the pastor at his church where his pastor got uh lobotomized and uh that's when you know like when gay people i guess back then they used to they receive shock washed, treatment yeah they will be they're put in asylums and they get shock treatment and then um uh that's when uh that's when it's revealed that a lady's pregnant uh that's when tick reveals tick reveals how he found out about the pregnancy because we all the way he was acting we all knew something that was he knew 
something and he found out from the book and if you remember from the last season i mean the last episode when he got the book it said it was written by george i was like wow george is a writer right it right. never dawned on me that it could be, be it could be his son right. That wow, been, that was so that cool. Was nice that was and a nice twist. And then the funny part about it is, what well, the irony is, that the book that he written is actually based off the original Lovecraft book. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That was that was really cool, and I like how they threw that in there. Right. Um, to make it seem like this is this is some sort of um, um, life story. Right. For right. real. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And then also uh, we go to, uh, and also also too before we get to that before we leave, um, Tick he drinks after Montrose. Yeah, I don't like, know why that a, was so significant. That, that was and why it, it stood out to you. That so really much. stood out to me because one thing about it is, um, as, like you know, most guys like well, I don't know I can't speak for every guy, but I've heard guys talk about you know what I'm saying. All right, if they have a gay friend, they usually won't drink after them because of possibly giving oral sex to a penis. You know what I'm saying? That's just in the guy's that head. That is so childish. Yeah, it, it, it is. Uh, but that's just in the guy's head. But then, you know, some guys even say that about women. Like, if a certain women, you know, that guys, like, I don't really drink after women because I don't know what she's doing when she ain't around me. That's, but it's a lesser few, right? But, but the thing is, do you say that about your mama? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you stand up at your mama. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, so that, so that was, so that was interesting. And and I and I felt, but for me, I felt that was big. And they, I'm thinking that's why that was in there because you don't care. Like if your mama, you know, might be dating Mr. Henry, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it might be sucking them off. You don't care. You go drink after your mama. I don't think that they don't care because if they saw their mama sucking off Henry, like you said, then they wouldn't drink after her. It's they, just they, would, they, they, they wouldn't drink after them if they see it. But it's who, just the fact who's that who's gonna see you, that though? Exactly. So again, that's but not nobody seeing both that's, ends. That's not like something that usually pops in somebody's mind when they're sitting with their loved ones having a conversation. They they thirsty. You got water. I'm gonna drink it. I'm not thinking about. How many dicks that they could have sucked for? What it mouth been? That just don't pop in nobody's normal mind in a in a normal encounter it, with a loved one. But I, I think that was in it when he because the thing is he took he took the the, the uh, can from Montrose like you my pops. I don't care how many dicks you suck, you my pops. I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think if he saw his pops, if he saw his pops doing it right in the middle of the act, he wouldn't have drunk after him after that. <laughs> but uh but uh that's when we get to letty and christina and that's when we see uh letty well actually letty she's praying to bless to bless tick and so uh right behind christina walks up and and she wants to make a deal and she wants a spell letty wants a spell to be uh, or incantation to be placed on tick but Lady was like, nah. I mean, uh, um, I'm messing everybody's uh, names Christine. up. Christina was like, nah. Uh, I'm not doing that, not for, doing him. that for him. I do it for you. I do it for you. And it was funny because I was reading women that I was like, I, I go through like the different chats. It was some women who were like, yeah, the reason why Christina was saying that was because, well, she wasn't true. She wasn't fully, she wasn't, she was half right, right? She was saying the reason why women were saying that, or reason why um, Christina was saying that, because she understands what women go through and she wants to support women and this, that, the other, this, that, the other. And, you know, and you need to support yourself and stop chasing after, you know, men or not chasing after men, but stop, you know, don't put the spell on 
him, put the spell on you, do something for yourself. Right. Halfway, you know what I'm saying? You're half right. Um, the, the, the part of it is, yeah, true. She needs to do it for herself. She's the one that's pregnant. You need to look out for yourself. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, you know, of course you want to look out for your loved ones, but it does show how women do go out their way and put everything on the line for men and they might not get anything in return. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I do get that aspect of it. But the, the bullshit of it with the girls talking about is making it seem like Christina is this ally. Like Christina wants to help out so bad. Like Christina is Yo, here. Christina got her own agenda. Right, right. But this was the girl, this is how the girl was talking though. Yeah. You know, like like Christina is here for us women. But it kind of reminded you, or you know, like the whole, you know, the civil rights movement situation where you had the um the uh the white uh feminists were trying to get the black women to join them to help them get uh you know a, a step yeah privilege you know, you know yeah like a step you know next to white men you know like they wanted well, white supremacist women yeah. wanted to be on the same line as white supremacist men to do things to other people do things that's fucked up then you had other white women that just wanted to be equal to white men period but you know black women aren't going to get that regardless so but they still try to pull them in as if they were going to help out you know what i mean so i, I did i did uh notice that uh, aspect but that song where you know it was an exchange it was exchange for pictures it was like the deal that letty finally gave into with christina and she was like hey you know i give you the pictures of the scroll of the negatives, the negatives of the scroll right and then you give me this Right, and she said she'll give it to her, and she gave her the um, the, in, the invulnerable spell or the invulnerable incantation, and put the mark, the mark that you talked about earlier, the little ram, the ram mm -hmm. horns that was on William's chest. Yes, that was on uh, Letty. Um, that was like on her side, and that's when she made. Uh, it's called the mark of Cain, and she realized it could heal someone. Um, along, you know, as well as bring them back to life, because I think they used the mark of Cain to mm -hmm. bring Letty back to life on the second episode, if I'm not mistaken. The vulnerability spell that she put on her. Right. And the thing about, yeah, that, that was great. And she she did do it. And I think this goes back to my my last prediction is Liddy's baby. That baby is going to be something special. And Christina might need that baby. She's going to need that baby or she's going to need Letty. So therefore, it's to her benefit to make sure Letty is protected. That's possible. I, she doesn't know yet, though. But I think that might come I up. think she do. How? Because of magic? Because of nah, my magic. So, no, nah, I, I, well, my prediction is you're right on that. But the thing that you're off on is that eventually she'll find out that lady is pregnant. Something's going to lead to Christina finding out that lady's pregnant. And then I feel that that's when your premonition will uh, come to light. And then, uh, but damn, I didn't know Christina was so damn tall. Yeah. Christina is tall as hell. <laughs> but uh, also, we go back to Diana. And this is my favorite, not so favorite spot where Diana is waiting on she's Lancaster. Spying on the police. Yeah, she's waiting on Lancaster, and then we get the Jigaboo twins. Mm -hmm. they, they they were getting knocking, it. Knocking, knocking. <laughs> so, uh, but also we then we go back to uh, then we see uh, when Lancaster leaves, uh, uh, Diana jumps on her motorcycle, bicycle, and drives off behind Lancaster, and then we go to Ticket Montrose and. That's when Tick and Montrose are reading the spell, like practicing the spell, and that's when Tick finds out Montrose is dyslexic. And so uh, Tick is like, you know, Hey, is there anything else you have for me? When you become dyslexic, he's like, boy, I've been like here all my life. He's like, but what else y'all been having for me? Right. You kind of see a, a facial expression that Montrose has, and then he's like, just, just get on with the spell. Right, right. 
And so, uh, but because the other part of it is that, you know, before we even get to that, um, the machine, because uh, uh, I think Montrose, uh, Tick explains to Montrose that he got the uh, incantation from Christina by trading the key. And, you know, Montrose goes, Montrose, and then uh, Tick is like, nah, 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 the machine is broken. I'm Tick. I'm going Tick because I, I'm just going to make up some shit. I don't know if it's broken or not. I just can't fix it. So if I can't fix it, that means it's broke. So she ain't going to figure it out either. So, uh, and that's when uh, Tick explains the book that you were referring to earlier that was written by uh, the son, um, George uh, Freeman. And he explains that also a woman, he went to the future and noticed that it was a bunch of black people, a bunch of white people rioting. And so uh, there was a woman with a robotic arm, and and gave him a book. But you have a prediction. You said that was your last yeah, prediction. You have another the prediction. The woman with the robotic arm gave him a book and pushed him back to the portal, and that's how he got he got back here. Right. What's your prediction? And okay. my prediction is, uh, if you fast forward at the end of this episode, those um, Jigaboo twins got these arms and is, is gnawing her arm off. My prediction is she gonna get that arm replaced with a robotic arm, and it's gonna be D who pushed them through the portal. Mm. She's the one with the robotic arm. Okay, all right. Let's see. Let's see if that comes to life. And uh, also, uh, that's when the uh, we find out, like you said, the book is based off the real Lovecraft novel, and uh, and that's where I, you know, again, I, I feel like it's a switch, or I feel there's a switch between black inventors and creators. And now you have the white author of the book that's written by a black author. He is the author of this book. Because normally when you have white uh, inventors, uh, or black inventors, um, they couldn't they couldn't uh, get things, uh, I won't say copywritten. Uh, what was, what's the correct? They, they couldn't, couldn't get credit? Yes, it's another word uh, for copyright. Uh, I'll say copyright. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, but... They, it's certain things that black people couldn't get things copywritten. So when they when they would uh, and create things or invent things, they're not allowed to do it. So white people come in and be like, it's my invention and they'll get paid off. it, And that was considered fair. You know what I'm saying? And so that was kind of like the same thing with uh, Louis Vladimir. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with the light bulb. You know what I'm saying? So um, then also you got uh, Montrose. He uh, steps. He says he's going to step up to save his son and his grandson. He did. Yeah. He stepped up. He said, I have, I have nothing but intent to do whatever is necessary to save my son and my grandson. Right. He said, and then he meant it. Right. And but they they weren't sure if that spell worked or not because they didn't they couldn't tell they didn't feel different mm. so they weren't sure. So the question is, did it or did it not work? Mm, okay. And then also you have uh, Lancaster and Diana, like she finally confronts him at his office and uh, she, you know, she, she basically uh, wants to set everything right. Like she, you know, like, like she was, she was, she was shook when they first stepped to her. Like, they pushed up on her. Yeah. She like, she getting chased by the, by the uh, Topsy and Bopsy. So. That's what she turned to her, um, her Wonder Woman. Yeah. She tell you. Where's my mama? Yeah. Where's my, is she dead? And the, and the, and the thing about that is, the only people who are who who's willing to even have a conversation with her about her mom mm-hmm. is her enemies, the policemen. Right. Right. The family never once tried to talk to her about her mom. They got her thinking that her mom is still on a um, trip, right. a business trip, mm-hmm. and, and and they're hiding from her, right. hiding stuff from her, and she knows it, and she has to go to her enemy to get answers. Right, and she basically calls, she tells him, you know, fuck you, pig. 
she spits on him. And before, you know, even before that, I, I said earlier when they were in the alley, the police officer made a comment about her mother's name. She had to let him, you know, let him know. Like my mother, my mother's name is Greek, you know, asshole. Yeah, my mama's name is Greek. I'ma spit on you too. She spit on them back, and then she uh, insulted their office. This damn office stank. And then we know it stank because he got a dead man in the closet. Well, well, he's. he's decomposing yeah. yeah well he's not dead we might be still alive well, he, he should was... be dead at this point yeah he should be yeah but um then also uh you have uh naomi walker um you hear naomi walker uh the march of our march for our lives in the background of the rally mm-hmm. and you hear her talking this is when you see um diana she hops on a bicycle she sees tipsy or uh, tipsy topsy coming toward her but then bopsy is like right down the road and you see bopsy ticking she's sliding doing the chris brown and the <laughs> usher she getting it i was like yeah I, if i was on the bicycle i'd be like yeah get it girl get it now like right around her. you know what i'm saying but um we see that happening and then that's when um she she you know she dips and you know like almost gets captured but you know no she she kind of she kind of charges at him like yeah, yeah she, she gets that rage yeah. again yeah. and she challenges him like you not gonna stop me i'm gonna get through here and she had a plan and she was ready to act out on her plan she, she created in her she, head she does an amazon screen <laughs> amazon screams at the jiggle and uh she and also she gets an idea you know uh well she gets the idea she has to do something you know she goes a little nancy from nightmare and Elf. Mm-hmm. she, she got to do something and she she kind of figures i think this is where she's putting two to two together she figures that there's some type of power in her drawing because even when the police came to confront her they had one of her um comic books in their hand asking her is this you is this are your name is diana so i think she kind of sees that as some type of power and she's going to try to use it to the best of her ability right then we see uh uh, ticket montrose they're still back trying to uh, work on the incantation and then uh, that, that actually that's when he found out um he was dyslexic because that's when he stands on the circle and then um from that point on uh that's when you know the he was like saying that uh george uh well, actually he said that he was dyslexic from when he was young and that's when he was like well any other secrets you need to tell me but the crazy thing is george knew we all we knew that he was something was wrong with the way uh montrose uh would read things because of George knew. Because when Tim read first, the letter, very first episode when he was reading the letters from his dad, he read something that really didn't make sense to him, and he thought it was one thing. And then George had to come over and reread it and says, "No, this is what it means. Sometimes your dad does that." Right, right. <laughs> and then, uh, but he, he almost, almost told him that I'm your uncle's secret. Like, yeah, you like. Well, you, you you could see the facial expression like it's obvious that he's hiding something else, but right. he didn't really say what it was. Right that uh montrose he does the incantation and it doesn't work and then we go back to uh christina and that's where well, we, don't, we don't know if it doesn't work well well, well that they said it didn't work they don't they know said, if it, it worked. Yeah, yeah but they said it didn't no no mantra um uh tick said it didn't work when he yeah, sat down because they don't know if it worked. right right but he still said it doesn't take away from what he said so then um um that's when we have uh christina uh we see christina they're on the pier with two white men and this is the, this is, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is just a story or if this is a, a still a plea. Like, hey, white people, you know, you know, this, this, please empathize what happened to Emmett Till. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if that's what this is about. Uh, if it is, I'm not feeling that. But if it's about, you know, this, this is the story of what happened. Like, let everybody experience the dreadfulness of right. I think how that, Emmett Till I, To me, murdered. that's the way that I've seen it. 
you know, that everything that happened to Emmett Till being a black person, they're not looking at that as being a real person. Now, if you have the same thing happen to a white woman, do you empathize with that? You can't empathize with this, but can you empathize with that? Because if you empathize with that, then you are justifying that this is not just, that this was unfair, that this shouldn't have happened. And I think that was the whole point of that scene. And then it also kind of triggers the fact that maybe Christina and Ruby's relationship is something more. Because Ruby, that's what Ruby asked her to do, asked her to do, is can you empathize? I just want you to feel uh, how the, how it feels. I want you to know how it feels to be a black person and this occurs and to you. Trauma happens, yeah. And this trauma happened to you and Christina actually did that. She she went through everything that Emmett Till, that they say Emmett Till went through so that she could feel it as well. Even after the ordeal and that she's crying, she's crying because it's a horrifying, it's a horrifying situation to experience. But then at the end of it, I think she was laughing too. Now, I think she was crying. Now, you feel that she was laughing. I think she cried first, and then at the end, okay. she started laughing. At that, the fact the spe- that the spell worked? That the spell worked. That she is going, she's already reached, she's almost reaching her goal to, to immortality. Oh, okay. Um, so, and then, you know, and then I guess, you know, she, I guess Christina finally understands. Maybe she might be our next white savior. I'm so excited. Like another white savior. anyway so then we go back to ruby and letty <laughs> and then uh ruby and letty uh she tells uh letty that you know you got to be selfish you know what i'm saying sometimes you know you're chasing that it's like she just finished being selfish right yeah <laughs> to be selfish against own people so so then that's when uh letty finally comes out and explains to ruby that she's pregnant and that's when ruby gives her hell oh come on lady you're fucking up <laughs> <laughs> so uh uh but so this is my question to you then do you tell your man that you're pregnant? Somebody, your man, tell your man that that's you're pregnant, that, or do you tell your sister? Their, their relationship is not established yet, so she don't know how his reaction would be if she tell him that she's pregnant. Wouldn't you agree if that he, she has a better, uh, uh, better, better chemistry with uh, Tick than she does with uh, Ruby? But this is just a spontaneous thing. I mean, this spontaneous. Well, she just well, found out. No, I mean the the relationship that her and Tick Tick had. This mm-hmm. is not like they've been dating for six months or they've been together for a year. This is a whole new relationship. Oh, so you should wait to find out he's the father. Okay, I get <laughs> no, it. No, okay. again, she doesn't want to feel like that she's a she's a liability. Mm-hmm. She wants to feel like she adds value to their situation. So saying that she's pregnant, that means she can't be involved in any of the trips. That means she's going to have to stay home. And she don't want to deal with it. She don't want to be made small like they made Hippolyta small. So basically, you would let your sister know. She told her sister for because she needed advice. She needed support. That's something heavy to carry and not tell. Okay. She don't. She don't have a mom. So that's something heavy that she she didn't want. She. Couldn't. So you. So would you tell your sister or your man? You find out you're pregnant and you see your man. You come across with your man. Doing. If I'm going through this, and you we, see your man before you see your sister. But if I'm going through this where I'm dealing with monsters attacking me, me dying, me coming back to life and all of these spells, yes, I would not tell you. I wouldn't tell my sister, but I would probably tell a close friend to get support from her because she's outside of the situation. So if anything happens to you, you'll find out last minute, like be like, oh, by the way, when Nikki was uh, like keeping the secret from you and but she got killed by this monster. But I have good news. She was pregnant. 
that won't be good news anymore. But yes, I understand. I understand her withholding that information. She's unclear about her future. She's unclear about Tick's future. So yeah, I understand it. I get that. I, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I feel that you know that's something. But the thing is, he already knows. That's that's the interesting thing about it. He already knows. But um, but yeah. So uh, that yeah. So we we've gone through that aspect and but the real reason because uh, uh, Ruby you know re- reveals she knows everything she reveals everything and Letty thinks that she's a spy which we predicted well I, yeah we predicted that she might be a spy but now I think she's an MBW you know what I'm saying so she's kind of in I think she's like in between the two and I feel she could reveal information I feel, I feel this is going to happen this is my prediction Ruby is going to tell Christina something or William something that she's not supposed to know from the black side i'll put it like that from tick and letty and all of them something that they don't they're not going to want christina to know i think ruby is going to tell uh, uh christina or Whitney. that's going to be my prediction okay you know but you know but we both know why uh letty what letty wants what does letty want not letty excuse me what does ruby want the <laughs> dick so uh, then all of a sudden someone calls Letty. Um, and then uh, that's when we go back to Diana making her uh, her traps from like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nancy, Nightmare on Elm Street, she's doing her Nightmare on Elm Street traps. She got that, she got that book and she's drawing away. Yeah. Drawing away. It wasn't really good traps. Like she had sticks of dynamite. They saw she was a kid. Well, I thought she was going to get down and dirty. I she, thought she, I thought she was going to get like Home Alone. No, That's what I thought. I thought she was going to get she, like Home she's Alone. She's a kid and she's trying to think of something to just just to kill it without less contact. Like she don't want to use her hands to I do think, it. I think that stick of dynamite would have did it. <laughs> but, I, but I don't think that would have happened. No. Then uh, that's when uh, Letty and Ruby, they find out they, uh, the police is at the door. It's, uh, it's Lancaster. He's standing there and uh, he says he has a warrant. And then we go back to Diana. That's when she's drawing the pictures that you mentioned. And then we have, we go back and that's when Lancaster says that we have a warrant because they feel the nation of Islam, uh, nation Islam radicals are in the in their place uh, setting up shop. And that's when Lancaster tries to walk in, there's a force field. And then when Letty walks around the corner, cause they leave, cause they're like, oh, okay. And then they leave, they're like, well shit, you know, Reddy, Ruby's like, damn, they know your ass uh, got, a, got a spell, got an incantation going on. As soon as Letty walk around the corner, they let off. And I think if she didn't have that incantation on her, she would have been dead. If she would have gave that incantation to uh, Tick, she would have died. Because mm. as soon as she walked around the corner, I think those bullets would have uh, would have topped off, would have knocked off her cherries. So yeah, so then uh, that's when you know it's gunfire. We see that the incantation. Well, it actually, it is ducking from the gunfire at that point. And then uh, that's when. Uh, well, well, you you, ne- you didn't mention the part where where Ruby was like, "I'm gonna handle this. You go, Liddy. You go sit down. I don't want your baby to be born in jail. So right. go somewhere, and I'm gonna deal with this." Again, Ruby's being that big sister, that big mm-hmm. that wants to protect her family, and she goes and answers the door and tries to answer the questions. So in a in a manner that Ruby is that her sister is not gonna be arrested or attacked right. because she know if Letty would have came to the door it would have been a different story right <laughs> and then we go to uh diana where she lures the uh, jigaboos uh into the uh shop i believe it was the um earl's garage shop and that's when she beats one of the jigaboos up i think that was boxy she, she beats was up. she picked up that pipe and she was playing baseball with that girl head 
that we go and we see Topsy, she comes around the corner of the picture that she drew. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that the picture that she drew represented Topsy at the car or Topsy at the window of the shop. That's the part that might have me confused. But um, I thought it was the window of the shop. I, that's what I thought at first. But then when you look at it again, it looks like the car. Oh. You know what I mean? So it might be something like, hey, if something happens to me here, you know, like this is what I drew. You know, this is what I see. And then because that's what she's going to be turning into. Oh, well, we, we, we'll talk about that a little later. But then um, that's when uh, she looks and that's when one of the, the topsy, she looks at the camera, she looks at us and before goes before going inside the garage. And then the shootout commits at uh, Letty's house. And then Letty realizes that she had, she's got the power. Then <laughs> you realize it was working. Anyway, so then we go back to Earl's garage and we see Montrose. He intervenes because I think Montrose, you brought that up. You said Montrose was probably sitting right across the street from Earl's shop. I was, I, I, he was sitting outside of a shop when him and his son was was talking, mm -hmm. and so I'm assuming that he had to be sitting outside of a business that that he works at or he's he's had some type of relationship with. with, with but that was the bar. I think that was the, that was the he was sitting outside the bar. But is that where they were the bar? Yeah, because when it's when the can incantation didn't work, Tick went back to Letty's house and then Montrose probably went to the bar and it's kinda, you know, probably feeling bad about mm -hmm. him and uh, old boy, you know, um the owner of the our Denmark yeah, VC's I, I bar. Would, I would imagine him to go back to the bar because then that would have been an encounter that he would have to discuss more. Mm -hmm. I don't think he went to the bar. No, that's what I'm saying. He probably just waited outside the bar. Okay. You know what I mean? And then possibly I you don't know how he got there. But um that's when he intervenes. And basically, I've heard people say this a lot. When people get in the fights, they're like, man, don't grab my arms. Like, when you're breaking me up, I think don't grab my arms. Because the fact that like, he didn't see anything right, there, he, he thinks that he just episode. wanted to, he want, that she wanted him to give her compassion, which he, he should have done in the beginning. That right. was one of the first things he should have done right. versus them, the way that they let her just run off freely on her own. Right. They, right. they should have been hugging her caressing her making sure she was okay right. but this is really this was that. not no. the bad this was not the best time to do that now right and then that's when uh the, one of the jigaboos i think it was bopsy bopsy is eating at that arm yeah and then like she like like does so she's slashing at her arm doing something and topsy is mad is mad she's pouting she crosses her arm she and sits on the it. ground she i guess it, it was their contest who could get her first right 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 so then, uh, I then I swear they need to make a, a movie with these girls. They gotta yeah, they have. They gotta make their own job. movie. They were doing their footwork. Yeah, yeah, they did it. I want to see they them kill you. people though. Like, yeah. Really kill people. You know? <laughs> they get your attention absolutely. And then uh, then we go to Tick where he's walking down the street uh, from Montrose when the incantation didn't work. And then we see the police pull a gun out on Tick. You know, after they unloaded on Letty's house. Um, he shoots at Tick, and then we get one of those vampire dogs that jumps you know, you up. You get Letty. She, Letty ran out there trying to trying to save her man. No. As soon as she saw Tick, she knew that they were going to shoot him. She knew that they were going to kill them. Right. And that's when we uh, do the, we see the Shoggoth, uh, which is the uh, the vampire dogs. Now, um, and then and then he, like, basically, they rip all the people apart they rip the people they, apart they, they the eat their favorite dish which happens to be policemen right mm -hmm. and didn't you say that uh that you felt that the this dog might be george i heard, heard a few people say i that. think the dog is something because once they she said that once we do the spill you needed the actual body in order for it to actually work right and so 
the only person who donated their body was Montrose. So I think somehow. What do you think it was Montrose? I right? think somehow that body is going to be a part of Montrose. Even though he's with. I, I think somehow I can't explain it. It's magic. Oh. It's just it's magic. But didn't you say he was uh the the mon the Montrose the uh, Shoggoth the uh, vampire dogs was like black, which is a different color than the regular Shoggoth, and also it had diamonds on it. I looked like it was diamonds on it, but I I don't know what color it was. But somehow it's going to be connected to Montrose. You know, black people love diamonds. No, we we know those are eyes. We know we we just mess with y'all. We know those are eyes. We know those are eyes. And so uh, and then that's when uh, it it attacks it attacks um what's his name uh lancaster it rips lancaster's arm off but don't worry lancaster he's still yeah he, he, he know he got body parts in his right. closet yeah <laughs> yeah so then uh so that was it and then we see that it looks like the next episode is going to be about tulsa they're going to go back to tulsa to find out what happened um and then uh so your likes and dislikes now if you like you can stay i know you have a lot to do you can stay for the whole show or you can do your likes and dislikes and then what why you got to say that on here uh, no, you because you got to go. I was gonna uh, let you. Uh, you didn't have to do that. You didn't even have to do that. If you had that, you could have stopped that and had a conversation with me. Why are you trying to have a conversation with while it's recording? Uh, okay, uh, what would you what would you like to do? Let's finish. That's uh, what we're doing. All right, then. All right, you the boss. You the boss. Can I dance for you, boss? Anyway, uh, so the likes. So the likes is uh, uh, that Topsy and Bopsy. Well, you, you say your likes. I'm sorry. Ladies first. Ladies first. My apologies. I like the gory sex scene. That was really weird. I've never seen anything like that in any of my horror movies that I watch. So that gory sex scene was definitely a like. Mm, okay. I like I like the irony of the book being written by um by Tick's son and not his uncle. I thought mm. that was that was and then I also like the fact that Gia and Letty finally got to meet face to face. Got to yeah. see the competition. Excuse me. Yep. Yep. So I had, I had a lot of likes. This is like one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, and then also uh, we we see that. Well, my likes is that uh, Topsy and Bopsy twins. They were my likes. I, they, they were awesome. The way they were getting down with the get down. Um, I mean, the fact that they were on dance shows, like the, the actual you know person, you know, the actors um actually on dance shows and stuff like that i mean they were they were doing it and then the shot with uh jiha like like you said jiha and letty that was dope i did love uh their interaction but i also love that shot where it showed letty in the in the um in the living room or the dining room then it showed jiha in the study and then uh also the easter eggs is always amazing like little things you got to look up um and also the arcing story with uh, Tick and Montrose, like, you know, how they how they basically buried the hatchet. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like what ended it to me is when Tick drunk behind Montrose. Mm -hmm. That's when it was like, okay. Then uh, the police versus the Shoggoth, the, uh, the vampire dogs was very unexpected. Mm -hmm. I did not expect that to happen, you know? And then uh, Jada Harris, she did well. You know, she carried this episode along well. Uh, any dislikes? Um, yes, um, I dislike, oh, I just had it and I just, oh, I dislike how Tick treated, treated Gia. I think that that was an unnecessary aggression in that scene 
and I felt like he should have been a little more compassionate considering she came all the way from Korea mm -hmm. to help him or to be an asset to them. She came some, She came to be by his side because she didn't want him to die. So like, like they said, them little size, size fours was waiting outside the door. He <laughs> knew what was up. Somebody said that. I, I did not like that. And then I also did not like the scene with the police officers and a little girl and I can't breathe. I thought oh, that yeah. was that was too soon. And I was, that spit that yeah, was on her that head. That spit, I think that was that was too soon for all of that. Yeah. Okay. Um I just like actually I that 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 scene was a like for me because it was dramatic. Like when the maggots were turning to flies and all of that stuff. I thought that was pretty cool when he was doing the incantation, Lancaster. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna have to use that as a light because I was like, damn, this is serious. And it really pulled me in. You know what I'm saying? Um, one of my, my dislikes, I wish that the meeting between Jiha and Letty and Tick was a little longer. A little and a little bit more, I feel it was too quick. You know what I'm saying? I felt like it should have been drawn out. And I felt like that's another probably reason why they had to like get it on with like what can make what can hurry up and end this scene him being an asshole so okay let's make him an asshole so we can end the scene because okay. i felt like it could be it, this could have been drawn out a little bit more um we didn't see diana embrace her power if that was her power of her drawing we don't know if it was hey like hey you know this is what's you're being attacking me or this is what's attacking me or this is her power i'm drawing this out so this can happen so i don't know um and also bopsy making faces at the camera i really wasn't feeling that part. I didn't get that part. I didn't get that part until you pointed it out either. I don't know if it was meant for a directed towards us or if it was just her trying to be spooky. She was she was she was she was she was actually uh doing that to the people across the street. Okay. I'm just bullshitting. No. <laughs> <laughs> they had a people across the street. Is that, that going to be the next season? People across the street? You get to learn about the neighbors? And then and then the uh, twins uh, uh, getting ready to touch Diana when they're in the alley, when Diana was waiting on Lan Lancaster. Mm -hmm. And there's a let me in, let me in, did not let like me that. in. No, but the part where they, she actually, the Bopsy twin actually got up on um, old girl when she got up on Diana, because Diana didn't really so turn is around. is this your like or your dislike? This is my dislike, because oh. when she got up, like I like that, remember I said that, oh, I said earlier, this is my like and dislike. You know what I'm saying? Like I like both. This is my favorite part, but then I didn't like this part because the uh, demon actually got up on Diana. Like her hand was like basically on her back. Then all of a sudden, you know, we see the car go, then we see Diana on the bicycle. I felt like it should have been where the hand is getting ready to touch her. And then as soon as it gets ready to touch her, she pulls off on the bicycle to mm. where it misses her. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Cause it built up and it was like, she's too close. Like right. she, she's supposed to get got. You know, like who, like if you a demon, you trying to get him. You know, you danced your way all the way over here. Now you're gonna be super slow. You know what I'm saying? So I, I dislike that part. Now your comparisons. This was the Us episode. This reminds you of the movie Us with the with the with the twins. You know, the your your uh, reflection of you on the other side of the world or planet mm -hmm. or time warps. So I think that it reminds us a lot of Us. Okay, because they were on the other side of the planet. Oh, they were under the planet. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, then my comparison is uh, it, us, and Hellraiser. Now, uh, it because he plays too damn much. But it's the reason why he plays too much is to make you more scared so you taste better. That's like seasoning your food. Um, it didn't make sense to why they played so much. 
and then slow up when you got a chance to get the twins they were kids i mean they play no i'm talking about playing with your food like like basically you got to kill them and then when it's time for you to kill all of a sudden you super slow well, well, I won't say that part, well, but again, I would say they play. Yeah, I think that it goes off the fact that kids like to play. Okay, well, mm-hmm. my bad. I, I kind of got off. I'm, I'm making it sound like it's a dislike. My mind went somewhere else. It reminded me of it in that way. He played oh, with his okay. food. My bad. I, I, that's on me. He reminded me of it, just like, uh, uh, like, like how they played. He played. You know right. what I'm saying? Us, the same reason you gave Hellraiser because of that sex scene. Because for some reason in Hellraiser, I didn't see Hellraiser has sex. Yeah, the Hellraiser they were having sex with the uh, the tendons, the, the the tendons like they had their 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 uh, the skin was torn off and they were having sex with one another and I don't know that, that just ache my bones, make my bones ache when I see <laughs> tendons. And, you, you're nothing but bones, so I understand. <laughs> All right, so what we're gonna give uh, the we're gonna give this uh, 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 rating? What's the rating you're gonna give this Miss Nikki Lachey? I'm going to give it nine raising howls from D. Raising howls? Raging. Raging howls. Raging howls from Miss Diana. I'm going to give this. I'm going to give this nine. I'm going to give this. No, I really like this. I really. I'm going to give this nine and a half uh, Uncle Tom cabin books. <laughs> with Topsy on the front smashing Eva's head into the mirror. Oh, okay, you get, you get the incantation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm getting. Not the first one, the, 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 the incantation one. All right, folks. Uh, hey, wait for the next episode. Yeah, we got on. two more episodes left. Two more episodes. Two more wow. So we'll we'll see where that's gonna go. And uh, would you like to give your information? You should reach me at Nikki LB one on Instagram from the shot. All right. And uh, you can reach me at Critical Blues Reviews, Critical with the K on Instagram, Critical Blues Reviews on Twitter, Critical with the K, of course, and also Critical Blue on Facebook, Critical with a K. All right, folks. Make sure you do the, um, the, the, the you do the, uh, see which, which scene that they like, the, which sex scene was the best. Was it the Gia and Tick sex scene, or was it, um, What's her name? Ruby and Gia. Gia. Ru- Ruby and Christina Dash Williams. Actually, I'm gonna write that down now. He said Ruby and uh, Chris- William. William Christina. And then you got uh, Tick and Gia. Gia. All right. Which sex scene was the best? All right, I'm gonna put that down. So make sure y'all go on Instagram, and I might do something on Facebook if. Uh, uh, you know, if you catch me on Facebook, but um, yeah, but Instagram, catch me on Instagram, Critical Blue, and I'm going to ask that question. And please let me know what you're thinking. All right, all right, y'all take it easy. One.